This is Josh Sumby, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Drayton, North Dakota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Tyler Donaldson and Whitney Pittman. Generally, the farms in the region were able to protect working capital this past year. Farm business management instructor Josh Chosis is seeing tighter margins, though, going into the new year. Interest rates, uh, interest costs are part of that discussion. We're putting together their balance sheet on their operating line and saying, okay, well, let's this is what's your balance on your principal and then what's your accrued interest at this point. And they look at that number and they go, well, that's almost double what I paid last year. You know, and I didn't even borrow as much money. Well, you know, your interest rate was pretty much, you know, four or five percent higher than it was, you know, a year or so ago. For most farms, operating interest rates are somewhere between that. If they're lucky, they're in that mid-seven range, but um, I've seen some as high as 10 percent, you know, and so we haven't seen double interest, double digit interest rates for well for me i've been doing this for 12 years and i haven't seen the entire 12 year time frame for on, on operating land rents are also edging higher around here in, in clay county we're seeing the assessed land values going up so the the real estate taxes are going up so obviously the landowners are you know not wanting to go backwards in what they're receiving for land rent with what they have to expense out for real estate taxes so we're seeing, you know, at least a moderate increase just to take care of the increase in the, in the tax side. Beyond that, I don't think we're seeing large jumps um, on that. You know, I mean, part of that, I think, is because the, the crop year wasn't as strong. So there isn't as many people as anxious out there to, to pay high rents on potentially, you know, break-even type crop yields and, and prices. The federal government's closure of railroad crossings in El Paso and Eagle Pass, Texas, continues. U.S. Customs and Border Protection closed those two ports of entry into Mexico to address a surge of undocumented immigrants. BNSF and Union Pacific are the two rail carriers impacted by the closure. According to the Association of American Railroads, nearly 200 trains typically move across those two bridges each week. Nearly two-thirds of U.S. agriculture exports of, to Mexico move through rail. The Agricultural Transportation Working Group is asking for the immediate reopening of the El Paso and Eagle Pass railroad crossings. In a letter to the Office of Homeland Security, this coalition said the closure is impacting the supply chain and has the potential to be a major disruption to the trade relationship between the United States and Mexico. This coalition includes Farm Bureau, Farmers Union, major ethanol groups, and major commodity organizations. A coalition of naval forces, which includes the U.S., Canada, and Norway, is coming together to respond to the attacks on commercial ships on the Red Sea. There has uh, not, uh, de that's not deterred the Houthi rebels who have vowed to continue their attacks. Strikes are happening near the Suez Canal, which serves as a shipping shortcut between Asia and Europe. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said this action is a threat to commerce and violates international law. The focus going into 2024 for the South Dakota Corn Growers Association is the Farm Bill. Executive Director Danita Murray. I don't think it's any secret that South Dakota Corn is very interested in the mandatory base acre update, which we understand does not please uh, everyone, including uh, some of our southern uh, southern brethren. Uh, <laughs> we also are interested in, you know, and supportive of things like uh, 
Senator Grassley's uh, language regarding uh, fertilizer inputs and trying to get some more more good information uh, regarding that subsector. We are, would add to that pile an increase in the statutory reference price for, for uh, northern crops such as, as corn as well. Murray admits there is still much negotiating left to do over the farm bill. There are a lot of disagreements right now, mostly over funding and uh, certainly impactful when it comes to uh, the long-term safety net in Title I, the commodity title of the farm bill. So we're aware of those issues. But that's that's what they're there for. That's what our elected officials and those those committees are there to work that all out and to uh, deliver a bill that that can get passed and works for as many folks as possible, including South Dakota corn farmers. For the first time in history, Brazil's exported over 100 million metric tons of soybeans in a year. Previous records were just over 86 million, and that was back in 2021. With very low Brazilian soybean prices, China and other importers are stocking up. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. The soybean market drifted lower yesterday as traders watched crop progress in South America. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says South America is still expected to harvest a large soybean crop. On the forecast, you see rains coming for Brazil. Um, when you look at kind of the anomaly and see is this normal, it is still like slightly below normal precipitation, but it's precipitation nonetheless. And I think that's what's struggling for this market is they're looking at it and they're saying, hey, um, there is some rains out there and to feed a bull, uh, what stories are we going to give them? Because the, the bull has already chewed through some reductions in Brazil's crop. Argentina will see a much improved crop over last year. The tough thing is when you put Brazil and Argentina together for soybean production, I, I really can't pencil a situation where we're going to end up with year-over-year year lower production in soybeans coming out. Right now we're forecasted anywhere from 15 to 17 million metric ton higher soybean production in Brazil and Argentina compared to last year. A lot of that coming off the fact that Argentina just had such a poor crop last year and they're in such good shape this year that that's making up for a big difference. But also when you look at Brazil, we started off this year in Brazil with a very large uh, production forecast due to acreage. Grain markets faded into the close yesterday. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson said Brazil's soybean crop continues to be the focus. Traders are also waiting for that January crop report. And of course, we got the crop report January 12th. Um, and we're looking probably for lower wheat acres is probably going to be the, one of the main themes of that report is the RMA, risk, you know, crop insurance people put out numbers this week that winter wheat acres can be down a million and a half to two million, which kind of everybody was thinking anyway as last year that crop insurance for winter wheat really attracted the acres, and uh, that's why we had such a big crop of wheat. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum is scheduled to provide opening remarks at tonight's Friends of Ag and Energy public information meeting in Bismarck. The North Dakota group, uh, group's website promotes the link between agriculture and energy with a focus on carbon pipelines, 
CO2 storage, and private property rights. Weekly report from the Energy Information Administration showing ethanol production during the week ending December 15th down 3,000 barrels per day from the previous week at 1.07 million barrels per day. Ethanol stocks climbing 22.9 million barrels. That's up 800,000 from the previous week and the largest inventory since mid-August. Stop the bleed trading will take place across North Dakota over the next few weeks. NDSU Extension has partnered with the school's nursing program to fulfill a grant over the next three years that will provide trainings for free. NDSU Extension Farm and Ranch Safety Coordinator Angie Johnson says this training is meant to help rural communities. Uh, production agriculture is one of the most hazardous industries according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics data and uh, we need to remember when, when we're looking at the agriculture industry there's really two sides that we're looking at. One is the commercial industry so that would be an example would be our, our grain elevator facilities and grain handling systems but then we also need to look at uh, the the family farm, the, the what we would classify as you know a single owner or a family owned farm, and and those types of injuries that take place on on those farms that that is not reported or recorded. There are several trainings already scheduled, but Johnson encourages anyone interested in scheduling one for their community to reach out to their local extension agent. Uh, we can we can offer trainings, but we really need participants. So work with your local extension agent to talk about hosting a training. Uh, and if you are looking and, and wanting to know of any trainings near you, I uh, highly recommend go to ndsu.ag slash stop the bleed and that will give you the list of, of current trainings that are being held. Total of 15 American Crystal Sugar Company shares sold over the past week at $5,700 per share. Red River Land Company reporting over 300 shares are for sale, priced anywhere from $5,600 to $5,800 per share. Just a reminder, the Red River Farm Network is working on our list of the top 10 stories for agriculture in the year 2023. You'll find that in an upcoming edition of the FarmNet News e-newsletter. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. 20 years ago, BSE was confirmed in the United States for the first time. Agriculture Secretary Ann Veneman made that announcement. A single Holstein cow from Washington State has tested as presumptive positive for BSE, or what is widely known as mad cow disease. It was described as the cow that stole Christmas. Exports were shut down and consumer confidence in beef suffered, sending cattle prices lower. USDA Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service Administrator Kevin Shea says safeguards are now in place to minimize that risk. In the 1980s, there were as many as 30,000 cases per year around the world. Now there are fewer than 10 around the world. Finding ways to help showcase what you produce can help cattlemen market the animals. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. American Angus Association Director of Commercial Industry Relations Troy Marshall says their organization offers tools for producers to track their genetics. This can help communicate what kind of product buyers can expect when purchasing cattle. I don't think we've ever seen where genetics have been more valuable than they are today. And we're kind of talking about our Angus Link program, which does two things. We have an Angus Verified program that 
documents that the cattle are out of Angus bulls, so it kind of separates those cattle in the sea of black-hided cattle out there. And then our other program is the Genetic Merit Scorecard, and we're really excited about that. It's up about 300% year over year in terms of the number of people enrolling in the program. And what it does is provide a score for grid, feedlot, and beef so that the buyers have an objective, reliable way of knowing the genetic merit and the pen of those feeder cattle. So it gives the buyers more confidence. Marshall says buyers are willing to pay a premium for cattle through the Angus Link program. Uh, we've seen those premiums grow. Last year, the premiums were record high for the Angus Link program. We returned over $18 million in premiums to people enrolled in the Angus Link program, and that was almost $21 per hundredweight over the top of the averages reported by Cattlefax. We are going to be adding a maternal component as well so that we will help describe those replacement females um, or bred heifers as well uh, in the marketplace a little bit better for buyers of those cattle and sellers. Reporting Agriculture's Business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Checking markets, Minneapolis wheat three and a quarter higher for the March contract, 721 and a quarter. Chicago wheat for March, four and three quarter higher. And hard red winter wheat March, four and three quarter higher as well. March corn, one and a quarter better, 471. And January soybeans, just a fraction higher, three quarters of a cent higher at 1309, as the quote. On the farm calendar, the uh, Minnesota Organic Conference is coming up in St. Cloud, January 11th through the 12th. They'll have a 80-booth trade show as part of that meeting. And the North Dakota Grain Dealers Association, their 110th annual convention and trade show. The date's January 15th through the 17th in Fargo. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.